Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Black woman. Beautiful, powerful, resilient female of African descent with skin kissed by the sun. Conversation. A talk, especially an informal one, between two or more people in which news and ideas are exchanged. We love being black women. Black women are ambitious. Black women are confident. Black women are diligent. We are tenacious. We walk out of our houses put together. We are many shades and personalities of fabulous. But we as black women don't talk about our dilemmas, current events, and what's going on every day that affects us. So... We created this podcast as a way to laugh together, cry together, and have an open conversation about life as black women. Oh, that's deep. Black Women Conversations. Hey, Nicole. Hey, Janine. How's your week been? The week, um, I feel like the week flew by. I mean, since... Last weekend, you know, we did all this Pinko's Red stuff because it's Heart Health Month. And I know I talked about that briefly last weekend. I feel like this week has been (laughs) a big old blur. I spent time with Harrison, which is always good. I had a couple of meetings. But other than that, there's nothing that alarmingly went, you know, happened this week. Oh, I had my first um, meeting as an auditor for the American College of OBGYN's Board of Directors. So, you know, I'll be, I'm the nominee right now, but I'll be sworn in in May as a uh, the young physician at large to the uh, national board. So I'm excited about that. That was my first meeting to audit. But other than that, there's not really too much that's been going on. Ma'am, you just skipped over something that's so big and you're like, oh, other than that huge thing that I'm doing, there's not much going on. I get sworn in in May. Like, what? Let's give us some more information about this. So you are elect, right? So we will announce this officially. Like people will know when it's when I'm sworn in because it is a big deal. So the American College of OBGYNs is an organization that basically governs all OBGYNs across the nation. And there are two uh, young physicians, meaning we're under age 40 or we've been practicing for less than 10 years that, and that doesn't include your training because if you include our training, then it obviously is a bajillion years, but either, or you have to meet criteria either, or, and obviously I'm not 40. So I met criteria. So I'm one of the two young physicians at large to the national board of directors. So that term is a three-year term to that board, which I'm really excited about. That is so It is exciting. It is definitely exciting. And it's funny because you get to hear about all the issues that OBGYNs deal with, whether that's issues with licensing or whether that's issues that we're taking to um, the house and lobbying on behalf of. So it's it's a really important role. I'm really excited to, uh, about it. And trust me, I will let you guys know when I'm officially sworn in in May. Yay. I don't think that I know anyone that has like personally. Well, I take that back. I know some people personally, but I don't think that I talk to anyone on a regular basis that has a sworn in position. So it's kind of dope. You probably, but but you talk to a lot of people like you work in the media. So you talk to like really big people. You talk to people that are actually voted in by the American people. <laughs> 
So uh, don't don't belittle your job, okay, honey? Okay. okay. But I don't pick up the phone and call them every day. Like, I could pick up the phone and call you and be like, hey, Nicole. Like, you know, we, we talk every week. I don't talk to those people every week. So this is pretty cool to me. Just saying. Oh, well, thanks for, for remembering the little people. Oh, my just, goodness. Just thanks. I will give you that you're little. I will give you that. You are physically little. I will, I will give you that. Outside of that, that's pretty much all that's little with you. You know, I wish I could be like little, like I'm on this weight loss challenge. That is something else I'm doing. I'm on this weight loss challenge for the next month. It's just a month. The Xavier Queens are doing it. We have to weigh ourselves in and then we have to see who's lost the most weight at the end of the month. And I'm so not motivated. Like, I just feel like I paid that little $25 in the pot and I'm like, eh, if I lose that little $25, eh, whatever, I'm going to eat this cookie cake for Valentine's Day and I'm going to keep on moving. But Absolutely. That's giving way. like pageantry weight loss to me. That's it makes me anxious because I'm like, are you eating? Are you like drinking vinegar and like eating cayenne pepper? Like what is going on? I don't know. But somebody's going to win. Like I think it's like two hundred dollars if you win the pot, you know, for first place. Like there's different levels to this. But I know first place is like almost two hundred dollars. So, I mean, it is a nice little, you know, chunk of change. Go get a mani petty. You know, get that $200. I was about to say $200. I mean, look, I will accept anybody's $200. Please don't get me wrong. But I don't know that that'll motivate me to limit what I eat for a few weeks. You know, we can't we can't say that, Janine, because I've had a couple comments from people saying that we're we're sort of elitist on this show saying, oh, my God, you guys must make more than the average people. And I said, you know what? Our listeners are bosses. The comments they sit in, I mean, they are bosses. And two of the people that made the comment are also bosses, but they're like, I mean, you got to look at all the people that are listening. I'm like, no, our listeners, like our audience is they're us. <laughs> they're, they're bosses. We're bosses. Yeah, we are. And they are too. So, so we don't mean to offend anybody, but this is, you know, I will take your $200 because $200 is $200 here in Tipperow, Mississippi, in Canada, in the other countries that people listen to us. It's still $200. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying, I'm not being an elitist. What I'm saying is I need a little bit more motivation to, to limit what I put in my mouth. I'm, it's more a comment about my um, willpower than it is about the money. That's real. I mean, because if it would have been $2,000, I might have been like, mm, that's a Gucci clutch. Let me, exactly. <laughs> let, me get, See? let me get up and go walk. <laughs> See, I just need a little bit more motivation. Now, if I was intrinsically motivated to say, okay, I'm going to lose weight today. Which, you know, there, there are periods of my life where I go through that, right? Where I'm like, okay, girl, you're, you're tipping the scale. These clothes not looking the same. That will motivate me more than $200 because I feel like I can hustle up $200 easier than making myself feel hungry. That's all I'm saying. That's real. So, so Janine, what did you do this week? Okay, so I really don't have anything that was super exciting, but I feel like I'm getting settled into my new work situation. So I'm kind of excited about that. And then I have to say this. So this is going to sound real crazy because we're halfway into February, but my best friend and I, for various reasons between me catching pneumonia and, you know, her traveling and all of this, we never actually celebrated Christmas. So yesterday she and I kind of celebrated Christmas. So for Christmas, she really wanted a spin bike. So I sent the spin bike to her house, right? 
And she got me and what I'm not sure. I think you know this about me, Nicole, but for everyone else that doesn't know me, I have um, extremely an extremely sensitive system, whether it's my skin or like what I'm consuming. I frequently get allergic reactions. So yesterday when I got my Christmas, she got me one of those, I think it's called Everwell, but it's, I'm not sure, don't, don't quote me on the name, but I think it's called Everwell. It's a test that you take that shows what you are sensitive to, because I don't know, like I really should, if, if anyone that works for Benadryl is listening and you would like to sponsor me, feel free, because I'm pretty sure that I should own stock in Benadryl right now because I drink it so regularly, just because on any given day, I'll have like a hive here or like I'll break out in a rash here or, and, and it's really inexplicable. Like, I don't really know why it happens. It just, there you go. Now I'm having an allergic reaction. So she wanted me to be able to figure out why I was having these allergic reactions and she got me a test. And so I get to do it at home and figure out what I'm sensitive to. So I'm really excited to do the test. So that was like the highlight of my week. I do know exactly what test you were talking about, and I'm glad that she actually bought it. But I'm sitting here thinking, man, y'all are like buying each other real good gifts. <laughs> she said, golly, me and my best friends don't do, listen, we don't do that. Well, I might send you a couple hundred dollars. We we basically give kids gifts. Yeah. So we put a couple, you know, oh, I gave the to the college fund or, exactly. you know, oh, I sent, that's what we do. Me and my that's best awesome. friend, neither one of us have kids. We have no kids, so there you go. Yes, it is a different level when you don't have children. I will say that, but those are awesome gifts. And look, it was kind of, I mean, it kind of goes along with what you were just saying. It's kind of about a health thing. So she wanted a bike because she's like, I need to lose a couple pounds. She little like you, which I don't understand you all. One pound on us looks like 10 pounds on everyone else. So if you're closer (laughs) to the ground, no, seriously, like somebody else weighing 140, they're like slim. Me weighing 140, I'm thick, okay? So don't, (laughs) you cannot compare the two, okay? Height means a lot. It means a hell of a lot, actually. When you get to 160 something like me, then we can have a conversation about you needing to lose weight, okay? Girl, bye. I mean, Janine, you're like model size. I'm 4'11". I wish. I need like five more inches for model size. Five more inches I need for model size. Oh my God. I'm only 5'10". Model size is like six feet plus. No, you only have to be 5'7 to be considered a model, 5'7 and up. Where? Where? Please show me. And plus, Nicole, you know good and well, I am way too hippie to be anybody's model. Way too hippie. If my body was more like proportionate, maybe, but I am much smaller at the top and my hips look like someone like inflated me in the back. It, it's almost like there's no hourglass. It's like straight and then whoop, hips. That's what it looks like. I look more like, um, what is the thing? Like a beaker. That's that's more what my shape is like than an hourglass. Uh, yeah, send me a picture, a whole body picture, okay? <laughs> send me a whole body picture. I have one of you, but I'm like, surely you haven't changed that much, and I just saw you in May. Janine, nobody wants to be flat like a board, okay? You, listen, you barely have a layer of fat. Okay, stop it. Stop it. I appreciate this, Nicole, and I will pay you later for this great compliment that you're giving me. But that is not true. And (laughs) we all know that my hips stick out like they're trying to give directions like they really do. (sighs) Let's move on because we're not going to agree. We're not going to agree on this. Okay, we're going to move on. Okay. so before we move on to your timeline, we got to say. 
Happy Galentine's Day. So we record on Sunday. So it's Galentine's Day today. Happy Galentine's Day. What are you doing today? Are you hanging out or are you going to go watch? Oh, we're not allowed to say that word. Sorry. Or are you going to go watch the big game? I am going to be. So my husband is in town. If you guys hadn't listened to the last couple episodes, you you might have missed it. But my husband works in Birmingham and we live in Houston. So every weekend he flies back and forth. So he's here this weekend. We sort of semi celebrated Valentine's Day yesterday. He will be flying back. He'll leave the house around noon. So I will basically have a quick bite to eat with him. And then I have a conference call at one. And then I will be sort of chilling out and celebrating Valentine's Day tonight. So that's what I plan to do. I didn't even think about it. I'm like, oh, no, you're not going to be together for Valentine's Day. But that's cute. Like, I love it. You all have it all planned out. It's so adorable. Girl, listen, James and I have been together now for, what, eight, nine years total? It's sort of like, here's these flowers I got delivered. Oh, thank you, baby. Here you go. This cookie cake and this Godiva, <laughs> you know, chocolate liqueur. Oh, thanks, boo. I mean, and moving on, you know, I made steak and potatoes last night with crab on the side. Yeah, we... And we ate as a family. I mean, so that's it. And then, <laughs> that's all you get. <laughs> is is Harrison going to have a little brother or sister soon? Girl, bye. <laughs> I can wish. My, I mean, I can wish. Uterus shut down, okay? Uterus shut all the way down. Oh, uh-uh. Not Miss OBGYN shutting your uterus down. Girl, you know what pregnancy pearls are about? I almost died having Harrison. We're not about to go back through that. No, ma'am. Yeah, no, no, we're I not understand. doing that anymore. I understand. All right, Janine. So what's on your timeline this week? So this week, I want to talk about a Twitter thread that actually has reappeared on our timeline. So it first appeared like back in September. And I kind of like I saw it and then I kind of was like, eh, I'm not really sure how relevant this is at this time. But since tomorrow is Valentine's Day, I figured that it would be more relevant right now. So let me start off with by saying that it is from the handle dub quoted and he goes by certified man and he has a little trademark sign next to it. So we're going to refer to him as certified man. So in this initial comment, so he started this whole thread and actually pretty much fed the thread himself. So it wasn't really too much back and forth at the beginning. It wasn't until the end that people started chiming in. And boy, did they chime in. So the thread starts with, now I'm going to paraphrase because there's some words that I'd prefer not to use on this podcast. So I'm going to paraphrase. You'll get the point. So the first statement says, I see why women really aren't trying to be in relationship nowadays. The thread continues as he lists essentially all of the reasons why women aren't interested in relationships with these men. So here we go. He starts off by saying, you men have major control issues, wanting chicks to basically become nuns. And then he asks, how do you want her to change all of this when that's essentially the way that you met her and why you like her in the first place? Which is a really valid point because how do you meet her as an Instagram model and now all of a sudden you want her to be covered up from head to toe? That doesn't work. And then he says, you men are mad and secure. She's pretty, bro. Of course, other men are going to look at her and try to shoot their shot. Of course, they're going to look. So as long as she's solid and not entertaining it, let them look. Then he goes on to say, men are not being men. A woman is an emotional creature. She's going to operate out of her emotions most of the time. And we as men got to let them get it out. 
I don't know how emotional we are, but you know, we'll let him live with that one. He said, don't argue, don't yell, don't call her out of her name, be a man and chill. He says, you men aren't responsible enough to lead a household. Some toes got stepped on with that one because I feel like that one had like thousands of comments after it, right? And then he said, the gender roles that you're trying to establish just to turn around and act like a chick, that's why she treats you like a chick. Just saying. And it says, reassurance gets you real far with a woman. Yet, we as men take them wanting reassurance as nagging or not wanting to repeat ourselves. Nah, son, have a little patience with the diamond that you're trying to create. I don't know about them creating the diamond, but I get his point. Communication saves the nation. Just because she's mad at the moment doesn't mean that you stop trying to talk it out. Don't argue with her while she's pissed. Give her time and then talk it out. Pretty good advice there to me. And then he says, learn her. Learn her do's and don'ts. Learn her triggers. Then to relate to her, even though you are not a woman, try to understand where or why things are the way that they are and help yourself. Essentially, he's saying like, figure her out. It'll help you in the long run. You're not trying to appease her. You're trying to figure it out so it makes your life easier. He says, women also don't read minds. If you have a problem, speak on it to her and her only. Now, this is a big one to me. Not her, not your mama, not your sister, not your cousin, not your brother, none of it. Keep your business at home. Women hate when you talk outside of the relationship because it feels like you're being disloyal. That's a huge one for me. You all... Do not remain loyal when you're on bad terms. You all would rather cheat than fix the problems at home. A lot of toes were stepped on with that one too. It had a lot of comments. And then it says, she's not your mama, fool. Get yourself up and do it yourself. You really get an attitude because she might not feel like it after a long day of work. Then having to deal with your kids, having to cook and clean. She's not a slave. She's your partner. This is one that he said was getting a little sensitive and he understood that it was going to step on some toes. He said, you men are not pleasers, but you always want to get serviced. And when is the last time that you made her climax, like actually explored her mind before her body? Women love effort and romance. And honestly, you men really don't even try. And then it says she's tired of feeling like her feelings are being ignored. Your actions show whether or not you hear her. And by you not doing right, it's the biggest slap in the face to her. No one wants to talk to a wall. Then he says, respect is major and not respecting her is a complete turnoff. Then he says, you men really take this as an attack instead of a warning. You all have serious issues. And then he kind of wraps it all up and says, now I see why women choose to be with women. Now, of course, the men who probably needed to hear this the most went on a rant saying that he is only posting this because he wants attention from women, which when I looked at his social media, it appears that he has one woman that he's been with for a while. So I don't feel like that's the reason, but that's what the men were saying, which is probably why they were, you know, as you always say, Nicola, hit dog will holler, like kind of went in on him. So they started calling him a simp, which look, I had to look up to see what a simp was because I was like, I don't know what this means. And according to Urban Dictionary, a simp is someone who puts 
quote unquote, holds before bros. Someone that will do or say anything to please someone, particularly a girl, in the hopes that they will gain favor from that person. So look, like I told you, I didn't really know what a simp was. To me, a simp sounds like someone who knows what they need to do to keep a happy household. But I digress. Now, Nicole, I didn't see anything wrong with what he said. I mean, there were a couple of things that could have been reported, like the whole, you're creating a diamond. No, I'm already a diamond. You're just kind of refining me, maybe. But you didn't create anything. That might be the only one that I have a problem with. But I didn't see anything wrong with everything else that he was saying. It seems like he was speaking the truth to me. But this has really divided the good old internet. And it seems like it kind of turned into a battle over the sexes. What do you think, Nicole? I think that he did speak a lot of truth. I mean, I, I was reading through it. And I, of course, I went and looked at his, his social media pages. And it does seem like he's either married or he's in a really serious relationship with one woman who he obviously spoils and takes out all the time. They look to have kids. He looks to have a, a very close relationship with his kids. And he seemed to be probably raised by some woman, some mama that really taught him right. Or he probably has a, a couple of sisters or a best friend that's a girl that he's tired of listening to complaining all the time. So somebody has dropped some knowledge on him that he decided to share with the folks. And I'm here for it. I think that he gave a lot of advice, but you know, uh, like you said, a hit dog will holler. And that was in the comments as well. So um, the men were definitely hollering. And I think that that definitely speaks to guilt on the men's part, because if you agree with him or you are treating your woman the way he says you should be treating them already, then you shouldn't have a problem with what he's saying. But I did take issue with one part, which not really issue, but he said, oh, don't go sharing your relationship business. Talk to her and only her. Y'all women, we're guilty of that too, okay? We are guilty. A woman will be the first one to go tell all her girlfriends, all the business, all the reasons that you're arguing in a re relationship and will tell your mama and your sister too. So I think men actually do a little bit better job with that than we do. So we could take lesson from him as well, women, to uh, keep your business to yourself, obviously, unless you're in danger, meaning you being physically abused or mentally abused, then yes, you need to tell somebody about it because let's face it, we need to leave a paper trail, okay? If you need to build up evidence against him or reason that you should be leaving, you need to tell people you've been abused and you should be reporting it to authorities as well and getting out of that relationship. But I will digress. I do think we talk a little bit too much, but I definitely agreed uh, with everything that he said. The thing that stuck out to me in the comments was the word pick me or the phrase pick me oh you're a pick me you're a pick me and I was like what is that like I guess I'm too old now that I have to go to urbandictionary.com as well to to google things and pick me uh basically has the same definition as a simp right it's like a guy who tries to get girls saying things like I'm too nice or girls don't like nice guys like me. So that's what UrbanDictionary.com says. But I had to go and Google that. The other thing that I loved in the comments, y'all, I love reading comments. So if somebody posts something crazy, I'm going to read the comments and I'm going to read and read and read until I like fall asleep in the comments. But one girl said, the dating pool has piss in it. <laughs> y'all. Oh, that's true though. I, it really it's is. so true. You know, where do people get this stuff? I don't know. But uh, when she said that, I, I basically hollered. Yeah. 
I literally hollered out loud. Like I had to turn my mic off so that you didn't hear the the screaming over your talking. But that's so real though, Nicole. It re- like I'm so glad that I don't have to date right now. First of all, I hated dating when I had to date. Like I just don't like the process. And maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm the kind of person who doesn't really like to learn people's behavior. Like I'm not interested in learning you again because there's going to, it's inevitable that there's going to be something that I don't like. So let me just find the things that I do like and let me just be comfortable with that so that I don't have to continue this process. It's like a negotiation. Like you have to put yourself on display and present yourself a certain way. It's like, no, I'm the way I am. I'm going to tie my head up with a scarf at night and you're going to probably be looking at me like, okay, you look like Aunt Mama right now, but it'll be okay. In the morning, you will pull yourself together and look like the queen that you are. All of that, I don't like going through that process, right? I'm glad I'm married. Now, and I've said this before on this podcast, so this is nothing new. Now, if for whatever reason, this marriage does not work out, I'm not getting another one. (laughs) This is not going to happen. We're going to be friends until we close our eyes and be with Jesus. I'm not dating. You can take me out on a date, but I will not be dating. There will not be be any like long-term relationships because I don't have the time. And more, it's not because I don't really have the time. It's because I don't want to do that. I don't enjoy that. We don't have to talk about that because nobody's looking to get divorced. Yeah, but you never know. I mean, even if I don't get a divorce, God forbid, God forbid, knock wood, that I become a widow. Like any of that. I'm not doing this again because I don't like it. And the dating pool does have piss in it. And I feel like it might have a couple turds floating around too. No, you're right. I mean, I think that when you are a professional woman and if you get divorced or you become a widow, it's different, right? Like you're like, golly, I got to start over. And now the pool has gotten a lot smaller. You So you're in a kiddie pool and you got all these people that are older now that have their own baggage. Either they've been divorced or better yet, they're your age and they've never been married before, which is a whole different set of issues that comes with, then it's like, do you subject you, and for me, my child as well, to the BS that's going to come along? Do I want to subject myself to trying to get to know someone else and trying to be what they think is the ideal person? Or do I want to do me grind, make sure my kid has one-on-one time, make sure he's around family, make sure I'm grinding enough to for him to have a future savings and his college fund build up. I would probably go that route as opposed to getting remarried and investing time in somebody else. Now, I can't say I would be like completely single for the rest of my life, but as busy as I am, I could definitely see that I probably would be because nobody have time to be in these streets. Yeah, and these streets are out here. They're dangerous. I'm just saying, like, we don't... Let me tell you something to all our listeners that are dating. God bless you. I just don't have it in me. Let me tell you, if I have to go look up what you all are talking about on Urban Dictionary, I need to I need to reevaluate whether I'm even dating worthy at this point. Right. Like I'm again, I'm obviously being facetious, but like it's just too much. It feels like such a daunting task to figure out someone new and to try to figure out where the relationship is going to go. Now, here's the thing. I'm not saying that you can't find love later in life. I'm not saying that you can't find love after you get married, after you get a divorce. What I'm saying is I don't want to do that. I don't enjoy the process. For all of those who do, God bless you. I just don't, I didn't enjoy the process when I was going through it before. It's just not my thing. 
I like to like, let's chill and be homies and let's be friends. And then we can figure out what's happening from there. Like that's the kind of situation that I was on. Now, when you're chilling and being homies and friends at this age, most times there's an ulterior motive and you have to figure all of that out and undo the baggage and climb out of the hole. Like that's just way too much for me. So no, I'm with him. I can see why we're not out here dating. I get it. hundred percent. But I don't want people to think, oh, since there's no good men, you know, women are gonna, just going to turn and start dating women. Y'all, that is not, that's not true. And I think that he was trying to be funny at the end. We understand how same-sex relationships work. I think that that was a very insensitive comment that he made. Like, oh, if you can't find a good man, then I can see why women out here dating women. No, some women genuinely like women. <laughs> that is true. I mean, that has nothing to do with it. So I just want to make sure we clarify that. That was very insensitive of him. Girl, let's... Let's go help uh, some of our listeners with these letters. So you ready for the let's talk through it portion of our show? Let's do it. All right. So this letter reads, ladies, I've been reexamining my relationship because I want to know if I'm being selfish or if this relationship is getting to be more difficult than it's worth. My husband and I have been married now for eight years and it's been a struggle since our first year of marriage. The first year I found out he lied about an affair he had prior to us getting married. He told me he had never dated a woman who came up to us at a restaurant with an attitude. When moving into our home, I found a letter from her saying she had a miscarriage. So how can you not be dating her when she's had a miscarriage? We went to counseling and I forgave him because this was before my time. Things were good for a bit. Then he started having issues with employment. We talked about it and he decided to go back to school. Then he started keeping naked pictures in his phone and was caught at home watching porn while on a quote study break, end quote. We talked about that particularly because our sex life was lacking because he was always too busy studying. After he finished his degree, we had our first child. He worked teaching as an adjunct English professor, teaching three days a week. Even on his off day, he wanted me to come home and cook and tend to our three-year-old son's needs, meaning doing preschool lessons, bathing him, etc., while he relaxed. For comparison, I work as a surgeon and make all the money to pay the bills. He says his money as an adjunct is only enough for his basic needs and a chance for him to purchase things for my son and I without having to take money away from the joint bank account. I recently got an offer as a CDC director, uh, but my husband doesn't want me to take it because he has an interview for a full-time position at a major four-year institution. This would be his first salary position, making over $85,000 a year since we've been together. Problem is, I don't have an opportunity in that city, and he doesn't want me to commute an hour for the opportunity I have, which would allow me to make over 600000 as a base salary. I'm so frustrated because I feel like he's holding me back. Our relationship hasn't been on point for a while, and I'm starting to think it's not worth it. Ladies, what would you do? Okay, can I revisit those people who were calling us elitist before? This, this right here, this letter right here explains exactly what we were referring to. Our listener has, it has an opportunity to make over $600,000 a year. Now, let's be real about this. The average person does not make over $600,000 a year, right? And then on top of that, have a husband that has what appears to be another probably hundred or so thousand earning potential. So we are not elitists. This is real life, right? I just wanted to put that out there. So here's my advice. And it's probably not the best advice. So feel free to not take it. Girl, you can make $600,000, right? Your husband's feelings will probably be hurt. But he can wipe his tears with this money that you're about to make. I'm trying to figure out, and this is 
not me being the best wife partner with this advice. This is me just thinking off the top of my head for the few seconds that I've been able to process this letter. But my thought is, why are we considering not taking this position? That's the part that I'm not understanding. While I understand that he does not want you all to live in two separate places, he's also old enough, as the old people used to say, not to let his wants hurt him. He'll be okay. I know, and I'll speak from experience, my husband and I, for the first two years of our marriage, did not live in the same city. My husband lived in New York and I lived in DC. And the reason why that happened is because my husband's job was in New York and mine was in DC. Now it's a quick train ride, right? Quick train ride, saw each other on the weekend, kind of like you, Nicole, you just said in the, the thing earlier, when we were chit-chatting at the beginning that you, you and your husband currently live in two separate or current, well, currently work and live in two separate states. I'm trying to figure out why in 2022, your husband can't conceptualize the fact that it makes more sense, probably both financially and for your, the future of your relationship and your family, because you have a child for this to be a temporary situation. It's not like you're saying that you're going to live apart forever. So I need your husband to get on the same page, right? And not to, not to belittle your husband's earnings, but $80,000 compared to 600 plus thousand dollars, it, the, the gap is way too big to be going after what your wants are. We're not talking about wants because wants, they come and go, right? Just like thoughts, they come, you want this now in a week, you might not want it. Right. I, I, I don't understand when you could literally set your, your family up for the future, why, why are we taking such a hard stance and drawing a line in the sand right now? I just don't get it. You all have been together for eight years, right? So it's not like you're new in this marriage thing. I mean, fairly new, but you're deep enough into it that you know each other, right? I'm confused as to why at year eight, you're not comfortable enough. And I don't, I don't know. Here's the thing. I don't know how far these jobs are, but like I said, I know couples who are bi-coastal. One lives in New York and one lives in LA. And as long as you can afford to see one another on a regular basis, I don't see the issue. Now, based on the, the history, I could see why you would have an issue with it because your husband has a, a, a track record of not necessarily being truthful with what he's been doing. So I can understand why you might have an issue with you all not living together, but I don't understand why he has an issue with it. I don't get it. It's just me. I don't understand. I have no idea because your 600 plus 600 plus thousand dollar salary can afford for one of you to commute back and forth from home. I don't know. Maybe I'm missing something. Maybe I'm not seeing it from the right perspective. I have no idea. In my mind, I don't see anything wrong with you all living separate if it means that you can take care of your family, especially when you said that you're the one who pays all the majority of the bills. You have to do what's best for you and your child. At the end of the day, I'm all, always here rah, rah, rah for marriage, but when things don't make sense, they just don't make sense. That's, that's all it is to it. That doesn't make sense for you to give up 600 plus thousand dollars for his 80. That doesn't make sense to me. Unless you're unhappy and it doesn't seem like you're unhappy because I feel like you wouldn't have applied for the position if you felt like you were going to be unhappy. So I don't know. 
Am I am I missing something, Nicole? So let me say this because, you know, my husband and I live in two different states and we've had to make some decisions about where our family's going to be. And I think that now that like my contract will end this year, he's already in a different state. We've talked about what does that look like? You know, do I move there? If I have an opportunity there, if I have an opportunity somewhere else, what does that mean for him and his opportunity? As someone else that's also a physician, a specialized physician. I get it. Um, I think that sometimes it's really hard to juggle your role as a wife and to stroke the male ego, knowing that you make a lot more, right? And it is a very fine line because you don't want your husband's goals to be belittled. At least that's how I feel. You want to approach both of the situations and opportunities as if they're on the same field, right? Sounds like he's got an education, you got education. This is the first opportunity he's going to get with his education, but you've always had opportunities. So the first thing I would say is, one, take this opportunity out of the picture, right? Let's take the job out of the picture because it sounds like there's a lot going on. He was dishonest before you got married. He wants you to basically be superwoman, even though he's not really working full time. It sounds like this man may be a little bit selfish. And I would address that. I would even talk about uh, the jobs. I would talk about what are your expectations of me? Okay. And what's realistic for me and what's not. Hey, it's not realistic for me to work every day and for you to work three days a week and for you to not help out at home. So let's set a schedule like, Hey, are you willing to help me at home? Like I'm willing to help at home. Are you willing to be honest? Like let's deal with those core issues first. Okay. Because it says here that he is interviewing for this job. Okay. He interviewed for the full position. He didn't even have the position yet. So let's not jump to conclusion, but I would say, okay, if you get this job, what does this look like for you? Okay. If you want to stay with this man, okay. If you think you can work past the trust issues, if you think that you can work past the fact that this man is selfish, because you have to say, look, I can't do it all. You're going to have to pull your weight. You're going to have to help. So if you get this full-time job, and I don't take this job over here and I don't have opportunity, are you willing to support the family financially 100%? You know, if, if those gender worlds are there at, you know, 85000 is what she said, that's a decent salary depending on where you live in the country. And I don't really know where she lives in the country, but depending on, well, I do know because she said she got a position for the CDC and I saw, I'm assuming that's somewhere around where the CDC headquarters would be. Okay, so- I would assume you're in the South, okay? So if if that's an hour commute that he doesn't want you to do, which is nothing, I could be commuting in Houston for an hour. <laughs> and and so that's not considered a commute to me. But if he doesn't want you to commute that, for that job, is he okay with downsizing your lifestyle to support the household? Because I would say, listen, I if I don't have a job here, you have to be okay picking up the slack. And that may mean putting your kid in private school versus public school paying all the fees for that, you know, making sure that you're living in a house that he can afford to buy. And also if you got other bills, if you both have student loans and things like that, making sure he's actually willing to take up the slack and pay that too. And if he's willing to do that, then Hey, maybe you need to take a little break if you want to. But if you say, I'm not willing to downsize my own lifestyle for that, then you have to say, listen, what I'm not going to do is go somewhere. I don't have an opportunity. So either you are going to be willing to commute the hour because I'm a surgeon. I'm going to be on call. I have to be within a certain distance from the hospital. Or are we going to have to figure out uh, an arrangement to separate so you can see this child? 
So you take it one way or, or another. And if he looks at it from that standpoint, the easiest thing to do would probably be for him to commute. Now, if he doesn't get the job, that's a whole different situation. Now you don't have to address that situation, but then you're still back to ground zero in terms of, do you trust this man? Does this man respect you enough to pick up the slack when you're not at home? Is he a partner or does he expect for you to be a maid and his at his beck and call at all times? You got to go back to those core issues to decide whether it's worth it. And let me tell you, I have dealt with this. I have dealt with this in terms of battling the, you know, the salary difference. And if you have someone that loves and respects you, it's almost like you're, they should be more worried as you should, about what you bring into the household and how that's going to affect your overall family, not I make this and you make that or I, or you make that and he makes that. It should be what's the at the best interest for our child and our household, okay? I would go from it, uh, attack it from that standpoint, but you have to decide if he's really not willing to flex, are you going to be the person that flexes this time? Which can mean that your household is much different. Your lifestyle is different. The things that your child is going to be involved in is different. The school that your child goes to is going to be different, okay? Those are conversations you have got to have before he makes a decision to take that job. If he gets offered it, or you make a decision to take uh, that job with the CDC. Nicole, I couldn't even get to the gender roles. Like I couldn't get past because it seems so logical and cut and dry to me, right? $600,000 can take care of all three of them plus some, right? $85,000 or potential of $85,000. It's good money. Don't get me wrong. I'm not diminishing what the, what that is, right? $85,000 can take care of the three of them as well. But $85,000 is not going to take care of the three of them the same way $600,000 is, right? Like, let's put this into perspective. That's $1.2 in two years. And in order to get to that with the $85,000 salary, how, how many years are we working, right? And how much are we actually saving? How much, what, what is the difference of what will be afforded to our family? I can't even get to the gender roles or the cheating for real. Like, I can't even... I can't get to that point because the the concept of I don't want you to go somewhere to make this kind of money with no real logical reason other than what you want. I couldn't get past how irrational that seems. Again, I'm not saying that I'm going to give great advice because I feel like this is probably terrible marriage marital advice, but I'm not here for it. Like, I'm just, I can't even get to the, the fact that he on his days off doesn't want to cook and help and all of that. I can't get to that. I can't get to the fact that he is proven himself to be not trustworthy. I can't get to that part because it's just so irrational to think I don't, I am applying for a position that I haven't even accepted yet. And I'm already telling you what I don't want to have happen when you already have the opportunity. It sounds crazy to me. And again, maybe it's me, but it sounds crazy. And I can't, I, there is a barrier and I can't focus on anything else other than that. All right, Jenny. So what is your letter read? Okay. Mine's an interesting one. So this one says, hi ladies, I'm frustrated with my fiance. We've been together for 10 years, engaged for two. He's a great man, a great provider, but doesn't listen, and it seems we are growing apart. It really feels like he has emotionally disconnected from the relationship. 
When I ask him, he claims it's because he's been so focused on growing his real estate portfolio for our future. But to me, it really just feels like I'm taking a backseat to his career. I love him. I really do. But what good is it to have a provider and a protector if you aren't intimate and can't connect emotionally? I've talked to him about this several times, and he said he would be more conscious of it, but I haven't seen any change. I don't want to go into a marriage like this. What should I do? I would really appreciate your advice. Signed, Sakia. So, okay, Sakia, um, you said he was building up his real estate portfolio. Well, it sounds like this man is really, really grinding because when you're in the real estate business, you eat what you kill, right? And if you ain't killing, you ain't eating. So, Sakia, you have to realize that him grinding is the way he makes money. Now, if he's not on his phone, if he's not out showing houses, if he's not negotiating deals, then you have to realize that he's not going to make that money. So what I would suggest is, one, have a conversation with him again to see if you can be helpful. I mean, because I don't know what Sakia does. I don't think you mentioned what Sakia did, but this is your fiance. So he's going to be the person providing. And I'm assuming that you mentioned his grind and how hard he's working for to build his portfolio because you know that he is going to be the breadwinner and he's going to be taking care of you. So if you are going to expect to stay at home and shop, then what I would suggest is for you to say, hey, is there anything I can do to help you? Okay. Help him with this grind. And then have creative ways to spend time with them, okay? Perhaps say, hey, listen, babe, after nine o'clock, can that time be ours? Because it's not really a whole bunch of deals that's happening after nine or 10 o'clock, okay? With a couple of exceptions, I guess. But usually his grind during the day, he may not have time to take you to lunch or take you to dinner at seven o'clock. But let's say, hey, after nine o'clock, can that be my time? Spice it up some, girl. Spice it up some, have a whole entanglement in the bedroom and see if that will help. I would offer help. I would say, hey, you know, is there any are there phone calls I need to make? Any emails I can send for you? Like anything I can do to help you with this grind so that you can have more time for me later? And then I would have a conversation about boundaries. Like, hey, I want this particular day to be my day, okay? You need to take me to dinner every Friday. And after 9 p.m., your phone is off duty, okay? Have those clear cut boundaries and clear cut expectations before you decide to throw in the towel because we already told you the dating pool had piss in it so if you're trying to start over with somebody that's not working somebody that's not grinding you're gonna have to go get get a get a job and a good paying job you might be thinking man i should have kept delvin i should have kept him at least he worked at least he provided This dude over here is not going to do that. But I think that men need to-do lists and they need tasks, they need boundaries. So I would start there, okay? Hey, can I have a day? You got, you're too busy. I feel like I'm I'm second on the list. I need you to prioritize me. So I need you to get all the work you need to get done before this particular day. And then if you don't get it done, you can pick that stuff up on Saturday. But I want this time allotted to me every week. Now, if I want to give up my time because I'm going on a girl's trip or whatever, that's my prerogative. But you need to check with me before you give up that time for me. So set that and then, hey, can we set this time is when the phone goes off and it's just me and you. And I think that 
men that have those concrete checklists, especially driven men that are, you know, grinding and working on goals, they can respect those type of boundaries because they're like, what can I do to make you happy? You say you want more time. I feel like I'm doing less work. I'm giving you more time, but you're not seeing the effort that I'm putting in. That way, you know exactly what you want and allow him to do exactly what you request of him so that you can't say he's not changing or you haven't seen any change. Now, if he doesn't do that or he says he can't do that, then you have to realize that, girl, you might be second on the list and you might be dealing with this forever. So you don't have any papers on this on this man. This is your opportunity to walk away if, in fact, he is not prioritizing you or your relationship. Nicole, I agree. The, I think the most important thing that you said was boundaries, right? I think the relationship's Both incoming and outgoing boundaries are super, super important in relationships. It's just, you cannot make it through a relationship without healthy boundaries. And I think that, and this is one of the things that like, I like drill home to Ken because, you know, especially in the entertainment industry, people will call you all hours of the night and not realize that because they're in LA and you're on the East coast, that it's not appropriate to call someone at midnight. It's just not, it will never be. I don't care what you're talking about. Unless you're saying I just deposited a million dollars in your bank account. Don't call my husband at midnight. Unless somebody has closed their eyes to be with Jesus. Do not call my husband at midnight. There's nothing that is that important that cannot wait until the morning. I promise you because Whatever it is that you're calling about, there's nothing he can do about it until tomorrow. Let's think about that, right? So boundaries are super important, super, super important, right? But I'm with you, Nicole. Figure out what it is that you can do to help the situation. And if you offer help, now, you never said if you worked or not. It doesn't appear that you work because I feel like if I was working and, you know, I was trying to make this point that it seems that you're trying to make to us, I would probably say what I did. So it doesn't seem like you are working. You might be. Let me not get it wrong. But if, as Nicole said, he's the breadwinner, you have to to walk this fine line. And I say that because, as Nicole said, there is piss in the dating pool. And the turds that are floating around in the dating pool are the ones that literally will be with you and give you all of the attention that you need, but will not bring a dime into your household. You don't want that. So figure out if this makes sense for you. Now, I'm not going to tell you to get in a relationship and get married to this man and be ignored because that's not what I'm telling you. I'm not telling you to be emotionally to be in an emotionally distant relationship or a relationship that lacks intimacy. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is those things are things that can be worked on. Getting someone to a point where they are motivated to hustle and earn and provide for a family Getting them off the sofa from playing video games to that point is almost impossible, right? So you don't want to have to to fight that battle. So really think about what's more important to you. Now, again, I'm not telling you to sit in a relationship and be ignored. I am saying that you should fix these things before you get married. But, girl, this problem that you're having, I think, and this is just from my perspective, I think that this is this is a good problem to have rather than having a fiance who doesn't make any money, who's not able to provide for you. It sounds like he really is just on his grind and his hustle right now. Now, there's also a fine line between someone who's on their grind and hustle and someone who is a workaholic. So be mindful of that. But again, you cannot make someone be motivated. You can't do that. So girl, figure out 
what it is that you can do to help, like Nicole said. And then go ahead and be married and be happy and be a kept woman. No need to stress yourself out. He's doing what he's supposed to do as a man. Just, you know, work on the work on the intimacy part. And if you need to, like, set up a counseling session one day a week or maybe two days a week at noon or lunch break or whatever, set, a, set up a counseling session. Make, make it work for you. But don't go back into this dating pool with these losers who don't have any motivation to get up and get a job. Now, I will say this. If you're engaged, I would definitely, I definitely promote and support premarital counseling. That's a real thing. Uh, my husband and I did premarital counseling for a year <laughs> before we got married because there are so many things that you're going to learn about one another. Realistically, in the first couple years of marriage, and even after that, you're still going to constantly be learning each other because you constantly are growing and changing. So premarital counseling helps you figure out how to communicate with your spouse or your future spouse and how to handle that growth and those changes that happen throughout the year. So I definitely think premarital counseling is a great start and maybe incorporate that into your, this is my one day a week that you have demand that you get some type of premarital counseling. And nowadays you can do premarital counseling virtually now. Yeah. So I would, I would definitely say do that before you say I do. There's a lot of things that you'll work out. Even once you get married, it's not going to be perfect. A relationship is never perfect. So let's make that very clear. But as long as you're not being abused emotionally, physically, I think that things can be worked through, right? But who a person is at their core is going to be that same person, right? So if you have a husband that's lazy, he's going to be lazy when you, before you get married. He's going to be lazy when you get married and he's going to be lazy when y'all part ways, right? If you have a husband that's grinding, he's going to grind before you get married, which is what your fiance sounds like he's doing while you're married. And, you know, you can't grind when you close your eyes and be with Jesus, but you know my point. What I'm saying is pick your battles, girl. Pick your battles. So, Johnny, what did you learn new this week? So, according to Psychology Today, it's easier for single women than it is for single men. And it says that even though women deal with the stigma of being single, women fare better mainly because women create a better social network. And this is not like social media network. This is social network. Like, you know, the people that you associate yourself with, right? And married men often have to depend on their wives for their social needs. So it's, you know, they're saying that women fare better. Now, again, this is by psychology today. I'm not 100% sure that they are talking financially, but- you know, just socially, women fare better being single than, than men do. I can see that because even like my husband talks all the time about like, oh, you have all these friends and I only have a handful of friends. So I could definitely see that because when my when it comes to my husband and him socializing, I'm involved in that. He's not always involved in the things I do socially. So, um, so I can get that. Okay. So what I learned was, and this is from a Time Magazine article about the Pew Research analysis that almost a third of adult single men live with a parent and single men earned less in 2019 than in 1990, even adjusting for inflation. So let that sink in while you're worried about your uh, your fiance grinding, girl. Let that sink in. They, they earned less in 2019 than in 1990? Mm-hmm. Yikes. Yeah, it's hard out here. So make sure that you find you a man that's making some good money. No, that's 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 not the that's not the message. But y'all get my point. 
All right, Janine, are you ready for the motivational moment? I am. It says, and this was from Nikki Giovanni, which you know I love Nikki Giovanni. And she says, deal with yourself as an individual worthy of respect and make everyone else deal with you the same way. So in your relationships, remember not to compromise you. Yes, relationships require sacrifice, but you shouldn't have to sacrifice your greatness to make your partner feel more valuable. The two of you should work to complement each other with mutual respect. If not, you'll need to reevaluate if that relationship is really worth it. Until we meet again. Pray, work, slay. And show off your melanated excellence. Bye! Bye. Oh, That's Deep, Black Women Conversations is produced by Nicole Lee Plenty and Janine Brunson-Johnson. Executive producer, Ken Johnson. Get the Oh, That's Deep, Black Women Conversation podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or where you get your podcasts. Please subscribe and rate us. You can follow Oh, That's Deep, Black Women Conversations on IG at Oh, That's Deep, BWC. Oh, That's Deep, Black Women Conversations is a mean old lion media production. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.